to It's Too Wordy, a comic book podcast where three buddies talk about comics from the childhood today. I'm Nick, and I'm joined by Kirk, Ryan. Today we're going to be talking about some new books. Very exciting new books. Yay! Yay! Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Cool. I kind of cheated because I didn't find anything interesting this week. So I did, uh, picked up Marauders number three. I know, shocker, right? Where we left off from the first book, we are now, the Marauders are still in Shi'ar space. Um, they are being held captive by the Imperial, Imperium. Cassandra Nova is, uh, they're, they're coming up with a game plan on how to escape, and they're doing this on the astral plane or whatever. They're in somebody's mind. And Cassandra is fighting this dragon and basically eviscerates the, uh, the dragon made a deal with the symbiote to have powers. And Cassandra may basically makes the symbiote eat the dragon from the inside out. Just eat, goes in and eats its brain and, and kills it. And then they, the Marauders start fighting with uh, Gladiator. They're getting their ass kicked because, you know, Gladiator likes to kick everybody's ass until you insult his pride. Or whatever it is, I can't remember what it was. You just gotta make him think he's weak and he'll he'll lose. That's basically what Cassandra Nova does. Makes him uh makes him heal at her feet. Because backstory, she took over Charles Xavier's mind back in uh remember when we read our first comic books we ever got? When he was in charge of the he was married to Lilandra? Well, he uh, was being run by Cassandra Nova, and she's just talking shit to Gladiator, like, yeah, that's right, on your knees, bitch, that kind of stuff. So you cut to Xandra, who is Charles Xavier's and uh, Lilandra's daughter, who, up until this point in this book, the first three issues, you think she's just the, the puppet magistrix? That she's not really, she's just doing what everybody is telling her to do. This group is called the Kindred Red. It's all like Eric the Red and all that are are manipulating her and trying to get her to do what they want. Well, they had, the reason the Marauders are there is they have, they have reason to believe that the Shi'ar are holding the uh, first generation mutants prisoner and that's not sitting well with kitty or kate so they're there to free the first generation mutants i don't know who they are but xandra is getting it, it wants to get to the bottom of it and figure out who if this is true if they're holding them prisoner she will let them go the reds don't like this and um Pretty much, she's in her ear trying to tell her to shut up. To uh, uh, Delphos the Red is in Xandra's ear to tell her to, you know, this isn't true. You know, this is a lie. And she's beginning to doubt it. And then all of a sudden, Xandra gets tired of it and basically mind attacks Delphos the Red. 
she says you'll you must sit down like really and it looks like she's puking she made the the red puke from the mind spike and uh they take her away in cuffs and kitty's like hell yes you know and then they go to this library because there's some book that's supposed to tell them where the first generation mutants are or the real story of what happened between the mutants and the shiar uh empire and so they fly there and they get out and the guards are like it's so nice to see you it's been a while since her majesty has graced us with your presence we're here to uh what am I looking the word I'm looking for to uh basically carry out your sentence and they shoot her for treason at the end of the book and Kate says bishop I hope you brought guns for everybody so right now it looks like Xandra's been killed I didn't think I was gonna like this new run but I read this in like five minutes. That's how good it, I, I didn't put it down. I didn't stop reading it. I just read it the whole, you know, I shouldn't say five minutes, but it, it felt like five minutes, but it, I, I liked the other team they had before, but the, the only one I really don't like on the team is Dakin. So even Bishop's grown on me and I don't like Bishop. It's a pretty good book. Um, yeah, I cheated. Sue me. Oh, God, what an X-Men book. Jeez, yeah. it's like Ryan doing a Green Lantern. All right. Um, you... <laughs> I really don't do that many Green Lantern books. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's okay. You can think that. I'm sure I have a profile, too. You do, too. I do. You want to go first? You want me to? You go ahead. All right. So I got um, Savage Tales from Dynamite Comics. It's a one-shot. Um, $5 for this. Fucking dollars. <laughs> it's four stories. Um, there's a Vampirella, there's an Alan Quarterman, Shocker. A Red Sonia, and a Captain Guinevar. Shocker. Or a Gulliver Jones. Which See, he has a profile too. I do. Um, I'm so sick of superheroes. Like, I just want to read something other than I get it. Marvel or DC. I get it. There's, uh, uh, first story is Vampirella. It's called Horrible People Doing Horrible Things to Horrible People. It's written by Scott Brian Wilson with art by Mariano Benitez Chapo. Um, <laughs> Chapo. Um, pretty much, uh, Vampirella meets a guy at a bar. He's writing a book about uh, horrible things that people do to each other, and he tells her a secret. And the secret is that everything in this book is something that he did to other people, right? And uh, she asks him if he would rather spend eternity in hell or spell an eternity on earth, and he's like, "Well." I would rather spell an eternity on Earth. That way I can do whatever I want and I can still research all the crap for my book. That's not how this works. She, uh, She's like, okay, well now your choice is made. She puts him on, on the moon for about two years, tied to a pole. No sound, no nothing, just put up there. Is he supernatural in some manner? Uh, she bites him, pretty much. Is influent, okay. inf- like, you know, she makes him a vampire or she makes him immortal somehow. Uh, puts him up there. He's like, oh, I'm losing my voice. And, then she uh, puts him in the bottom of the ocean with a bunch of sharks, uh, ties him to a tree in the middle of the desert, uh, ties him to a rain tr- or train track, keeps getting run over. She's like, if the sh- she really does not like this guy. No, she's like, if this train hits you, you will spend the rest of the ten whatever eternity with a scarred up face. Is that how you want to handle this? Blah blah blah. And she's like, I- this has only been like 
20 years. Imagine the next 50,000. What we're, what I'm going to do to you. And she goes to a, leaves him and goes to the bar again and meets another girl and she does the same thing to her. Um, can I just say I'm really sick of Cthulhu right now? Really sick that everything has to deal with Cthulhu. They uh, mixed an Alan Quartermain and it's called Missionaries of Madness, but written by David Avalone and Will Rios. So you don't want to play Call of Cthulhu? I do, but I don't. Like The thing is, if you've noticed, just they've so much. been doing patterns. It's like Twilight vampire crap out the yin-yang. Then zombies. zombies. Now it's... It's the old gods coming yeah. back. Um, pretty much Alan Quartermain's in... Africa, and uh, he comes across a village that's been destroyed by missionaries, and these missionaries are actually Cthulhu cultists who he kills, and Cthulhu comes up and looks at him and then walks away. At the end. Bye. Done. Over here. Okay. Um, not very great. Um, that's not very League-like. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> right. Uh, the Red Sonia story is called The ex Sword, written by Scott Brian Wilson, with art by Al Barrio Nuevo. Um... <laughs> I'm going to do this just like Ryan. Was. Just like Ryan. <laughs> this is actually really cool, right? Uh, the thing about Red Sonia is, if you like D&D, this is one of the best stories that would inspire you for a campaign. Or just like a, a, a small, like, one-shot game night. She comes into town, and it's pretty much empty. She comes across this executioner who's just, like, chopping heads off, and he's, like, maniacal about it. Like, he's, like, in love doing it. Like, um... She uh, she walks up to him and she's like, "Can I see your sword real quick?" Blah blah blah. You know, she sees something like he tells a story about how he went to a a battle site. He used to be a guy that did antiquities, and he would go to it like battle sites and take like weapons and pickpocket the dead and take stuff back. And he found this sword, and the the sword is pretty much the black blade from Marvel. Um, it wants death. It wants the the essence of the dead in it, right? And Anybody who uses it gets this bloodlust. So he kills a person every day to feed the sword. And pretty much this entire town is now just decimated because he's thinking that he's fighting crime in this town, but he's just like going to normal people and being like, well, you uh, you kick that dirt over there. That's illegal for her. And then he finds a reason to kill them. And uh, she grabs the sword, takes it out a little bit, and reads the inscription on it, and puts it back, and just stabs the dude with it. All right. Well, actually, see, this is the part where it doesn't make sense. Okay, so he grabs it, but she uses his own hand to stab him through with it because if she touches it, she's going to get the the curse. And the only way that this curse is going to end is if it keeps feeding on this dude. So she buries him alive with it in the ground so the curse is dead not bad all right you come across the town there's a dude murdering people he's got a fucking magic sword sweet all right um what do i say about this next one uh captain Gullivar jones his war written by david alvoloni and hamish monroe cook it's based in world war one that's cool you don't know many comics are based in world war one um and I'm trying to figure out if this is John Carter's father. Because he's thinking about the moon the entire time. He's in the, he's in World War One. He's in the trenches. He's fighting dudes. He's got he's really good with the sword. He keeps looking at the moon and just is like, soon I'll be home. Blah blah blah. Like maybe I need to read some kind of. 
but he's got a magic carpet. I don't. Yeah, I just maybe I need to read some more about that character. But, but it says the beginning, and this is a one shot. So where the hell is that going? I don't know. Thanks, Dynamite. N- not bad. I mean, That's his first introduction. That could be worth a lot of money in like six comic. days. Is he gonna make it? Hey, we're gonna make a Netflix series on this. Yep. Yeah. All right. So I'm doing a book called Basilisk. Um, I can't remember if I've reviewed this in the past when it first came out, but uh, this is by Colin Bunn and Jonas Schaefer. And uh, this is issue nine from Boom Comics. And um, so this is kind of like a transition story because the main storyline had just wrapped up. So this is kind of transitioning to the next storyline. Um, so without trying to give very much of it away, essentially speaking of the old gods, the old gods come to earth in human form and they go around killing people, but they always leave one witness to spread the word. They left the wrong witness essentially. And she ends up taking one of the old gods and kidnapping her and convinces the old, that particular old God to kind of team up with her to take on these other old gods. And as old gods die, their powers shift over to the remaining people. And here it goes back to the origin of one of the old gods, um, learning her powers and, um, realizing that, uh, there's multiple of her in this realm and they all can see what she does. So they're all connected, but if they touch each other, then shit hits the fan essentially. And, um, that's her story. And then they jump to the woman who kidnapped the old God who survived. And she finds out that, uh, the old God that she's been teaming up with is the one responsible for killing her husband and daughter. The whole reason she's been fighting these old gods. And she basically said, I don't want nothing to do with you anymore. And that's kind of where they leave it at. Colin Bunn has been killing it on this book it is an absolutely fantastic read really should be checked out. I wish more people were looking at this because it's just been a lot of fun. I thought it was going to be like a five issue mini thing. And no, it's it's been really good. Each issue is just great, so check that one out. Awesome. What time is it? It's Quarter Quest time. All right, so uh, for Quarter Quest, if you guys don't know, we do... Uh, Not falling for that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three different comics from three different eras, um, 60s and 70s, 80s independent, 90s to today. We all switch every week, so guess who's got first? Me. Brian. Well... In honor of welcoming Quarter Quest into our show here, I did Welcome Back, Carter. Cotter. Issue two from Mr. Carter. January of 77. And um, forgive me, I forgot to see who actually did the writing on this. I'll get back to you on it. But anyhow, um, <laughs> so Welcome Back, Carter was a show on television and it was the sweat hogs for individuals that thought they were a really cool gang. 
<laughs> Thank you, Arnold. John Travolta's uh, oh, yeah, j- that, job debut in, in acting. Yes, yes. I, I thought you were doing uh, Arnold's Rorschach's no. voice. Um, and Cotter is the teacher. And every episode started off with him telling a joke to his wife or something. And then him dealing with the antics of the sweat hogs. So in this particular issue, um, they do the joke like they always do. And then he gets to school and Epstein has been playing pranks on everybody. And Kata is over it. Oh, we got the answer to the (laughs) writer and artist. Thank you. It is, um, artist is Bob Boss Oxner. And Jack Sparling. Oh, the, and the writer is Elliot Magging. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so Epstein's been playing all these practical jokes. So the, the rest of the Sweat Hogs and Kata gets really sick of it. So they decide they're going to give him some of his own medicine and start playing practical jokes on him. In the meantime, um, Epstein and Horshack take the principal's car and roll it, take the window off of the office of the principal, drive the car into the office, put the window back up, and that's their big prank. So, um, principal's irritated about it. He's going to go talk to Cotter about getting uh, Epstein straightened out. In the meantime, Epstein gets a phone call. From his mom, his brother has been injured very badly. He's in the hospital and Epstein goes into his class to get his stuff. And the sweat hogs had taken it and hit it. And they were all dressed up like characters from co- or from uh, different plays and messing with them. And he's like, no, I've got a serious issue. My brother's in the hospital. I got to go. So he bolts to the hospital. The rest of the sweat hogs and Kara uh, get really upset because they're like, oh, well, you know, we didn't know he was brother was hurt. So they went to the hospital, come to find out that Epstein accidentally got his brother in trouble because the brother wanted to ask a girl out. And he goes, what you do is go over and slap her in the butt and basically say, you're my girl now. And that was the rival gang's girlfriend. And they beat the crap out of him. So Epstein vowed off doing practical jokes and the sweat hogs in him all make up and they become best buds yet again to go on to issue three. Um, don't read it. <laughs> I mean, that's a product it's, of its time. It's a product of its time. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's not great. <laughs> Every show from there, like uh, that and uh, Barney Miller yep. and every grimy New York one, like, why would you want to live there? Like, every every wall is concrete. Every yep. wall is gray and dirty. Well, that's what it was in the 70s and it's 80s. Like, God. I lived in New York in the early 80s, and it looked exactly like what it was on like, Welcome Back, Cotter. Which is the one, what is the one show you just mentioned? Barney Miller. Barney Miller. I love Barney Miller. Yeah. Yep. When Fish was on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After that, it went downhill. It, it, it's a true depiction. It's just it's, weird. It's it, like it's, it's horrible. 
All the doorknobs have like grease around them. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to my dad about Brooklyn. How it was like Brooklyn. It was like the seedy underbelly of New York City. One of them, and now it's all hipsterville. It's been yep. overtaken by the hipsters. He's like, really? Who thought that would happen? I think they've been bringing that up in Daredevil, like Hell's Kitchen's all like clean and yeah, yeah, not the same. You don't need that. All right, now for the eighties, Speed Racer number two from Now Comics. I think this is like nineteen eighty-seven, something like that. Um, yeah, nineteen eighty-seven. So talking about Netflix series, try to find uh, Die Kamikaze number one, which is the first appearance of Speed Racer, is now like thirty dollars. It's ridiculous. It was a dollar book for forever. And Speeders number one is the same. It's ridiculous. So I'm never going to get those because I don't give a crap that much about it. Right. Because the art, let's just say, uh, written by Len Strazuski, penciled by Gary Washington, and inked by Rodney Dunn. Artwork sucks. It's so bad. Um, people, they don't look like anime characters. They don't look like what they would look like in the cartoon. They look really weird. That's unfortunate. The funny thing is, uh, Sparky's toolbox has a Run DMC sticker, a Fishbone sticker, and a Timbuk3 sticker, which is funny. Because they try to Americanize this so much, because they're in New yeah. York City at this time. Uh, the Speed Racer is going to be on a race. He comes to pick up Sparky. That art is atrocious. Yeah, it's bad. Um, Speed picks up Sparky in some limo, and they get in. He's like, look, there's a bar, and they pull out two Cokes. Hey, vintage. Great vintage. And uh, they have them, and they drive away, and they're talking about how, you know, their speed shouldn't do this promotional race. Same old shit like every cartoon. Ah, oh, speed, don't race that. Oh, no. And then. Um, <laughs> Sounds just like the acting in that show. <gasps> oh. Oh. <gasps> you got to yeah. have their mouth moving a million miles an hour yeah. while they're talking. You got to talk like this. And just, and just, and just, just never stop talking. But just like, oh, and 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 um, so. <laughs> They get uh, they get back to the Mach Five and they're working on it. And Trixie shows up. She's in college because they're all growing up. And, but apparently, Speed has only been racing for a week, so this is completely out of the continuity of the cartoon because he's been racing for years since he was like fifteen. And they're not in college yet. Um, she makes some joke about uh, her goofy friend Sparky not being there, and Sparky's like goofy friend. And he pulls out from underneath the car, and they have a fight like always in the cartoons. Uh, car with an A on it. I'm not sure if this is the Alva team. Or the Alvin team, but uh, that's the Alpha team. They come in, and they're being pricks, and they're like, oh, we're going to beat Speed. And of course, everything. And they're like, good luck with your car not working tomorrow. Like, They're like, I don't think they'll sabotage our Was car. Was that <gasps> foreshadowing? <gasps> yeah. <gasps> and uh, they're like, Speed's like, I don't think so. There's just minor mechanical failures that start at every race they're in. That's all. Stupid idiot. He's um, only been wait- racing a week, and they're worried about him? Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, actually, it's only been like a summer. He's been, they, like, they, but he's grown so much in that summer. Like weird. They, that he's they, they heard that race. he goes. Yeah. <laughs> Go speed. speed racer. And uh, Sparky tells a story about him going into, oh God, going into oh. a room and going into <laughs> Rex's room because Rex is now dead. They found out that he's dead and uh, they go into Rex's old room and Sparky finds a guy in a mask sitting there playing on his computer in the dark. Is that Racer X? Hopefully he's got pants on. Oh, hopefully. And he doesn't have a towel on the bottom, underneath the desk. Yep, and he runs past Sparky, and cops are called. They find the computer's kind of destroyed, and uh, they go out and have a little uh, race on the track to go like look around. Sparky or Racer's like, look, 
Speed's like, look at what Rick Rex built me before he left. He was a mechanical engineer genius, and he made this homing pigeon thing that shoots out. <gasps> oh. And he finds Trixie, so they're watching her butt walk away. And then they're looking Dirty at the race crowd, and they see some Alpha Team members, like, whacking on some kids. And it's in Spreadle and Chim Chim. Oh, and they, uh... <laughs> They zoom in, whole big panels, big faces, don't look like Chim Chim, doesn't look like Spurtle, barely looks like a human being. And then Speed Racer drives up, he jumps out of the car, does, does the pose. classic pose. Wah! Well, you let my brother go. And, and, then, and then they have a fight. Chim Chim, like, I don't know, like jumps on his shoe. That's a badly drawn shoe. I think that's even worse than Rob Liefeld's. And then... <laughs> like, uh... Sparky jumps on a guy. Speed knocks one guy out. Spriddle jumps on somebody. Speed punches another guy out. There's no words in these. So, and then he's like, I'm going to call the cops. I mean it. Oh. And then they uh, sign up for the race. And uh, there's a guy. Oh. He Uh-oh. doesn't. He's, not, he's wearing a trench coat and a fedora. And he's like, so, uh, he looks very ominous. Yeah. He's like, oh, here, uh, Speed Racer's getting in this like race. Oh, yeah. Yep. You bet. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, you betcha. And oh, you look familiar. Uh, I don't think so. He's wearing a freaking face mask. And uh, oh my hat. god, that's horrible. Sure, I have. What's your name again? It's on the form. Racer X. X- oh. And yeah, that's uh, that's the thing because it's like racing team Alpha and ABCs of deceit. Chim Chim's revenge. More Racer X. Next time on Speed Racer. New segment to the show. Nick reenacting comic books in 30 seconds. <laughs> oh. oh. Um, <laughs> I think that was probably more fun than actually reading it. Because <laughs> that uh, reading this only takes two minutes. <laughs> but that was actually more fun than actually reading it. That was amazing. All right. I'm going to go back and just listen to that part. But yeah, over I'm going to listen to this week's episode. <laughs> the Ken's DC covers were amazing. I really like those. those. The cover is really good. But... Yeah, now comics were not that great. Except for Ralph Snart. Go by Ralph Snart. So, I've been sitting here for the last five minutes, <gasps> waiting for Nick to get done. <laughs> and I'm looking at my books, and I'm realizing something of the last, like, three shows. I'm in an endless loop. I need help. Oh, you want some uh, therapy? Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm in a I'm in a loop. I'm stuck in a, I'm I'm stuck in a time loop for some reason. Maybe it's because Marauders and this Spider-Man story are the only thing that's keeping my interest. But we'll get to that later. So I've been wanting to review this book ever since I picked it up. Uh, it's uh, the Legacy Virus Cured, Uncanny X-Men number three ninety. And it is by, the writer is Scott Lobdell, and the artist is Salvador LaRocca. 97? Yep, 1997. Starts out, Moira has died because the legacy virus was changed by Mystique. Instead of going after mutants, it now went after mutants, and Moira was one of the first humans to get killed even though now she's not a, a a human she's a mutant now you know but anyway uh beast is in his lab and he's talking about how he wants to cure it he's got he's on his way 
and he realizes that the the cure has been standing sitting in front of his eyes the whole time and of course you got to get the classic beast line oh my stars and garters and he yells and all the x-men are like what the shit you know and wolverine's got his claws popped and uh one of them i think it's stevie uh, says, uh, how about you sheathe those claws, mister? You know, we, we, we need to find out, we need to talk to him. And he's like, I only got one set pop. So, you know, that means I'm, I'm, I'm showing restraint. I'm like, okay. And beast jumps on top of him and says he's found the cure and gets all excited. And they talk about it and, Gambit, being the Debbie Downer, says, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, you know, it might not be uh, good. And Beast is, like, not having it. And he later on, he's in the lab, and he's explain trying to explain, like, DNA strands and all this shit. And Colossus and Wolverine look at him and goes, can you explain this now? And, like, you know layman's terms for us in english so we understand he goes in one syllable one syllable words i don't think so he's like oh burn okay <laughs> henry's going all nerd out here right um so they, they basically the way the legacy virus was unleashed is the first patient had it used his powers and that unleashed it to the world so the way you cure it is you have to inject yourself with the cure, then use your powers, and that person has to sacrifice themselves. Pretty much it shows Colossus. Everybody's like, oh, this is great news. And they're like, Hank's like, uh, I got to put this under lock and key to figure out a different way so that nobody has to sacrifice themselves. I'll figure this out. And it shows Colossus looking at the needle because six issues prior i think his sister iliana died because of the legacy virus and he holds himself responsible because he should have sent her home he she probably wouldn't have got it if she had sent her home to russia instead of being in the states kind of sounds familiar what we're going through right now so it shows him looking at the syringe and Beast and Wolverine are walking down, and Beast is like, I shouldn't have gotten so excited. The look on Colossus's face when there was a cure, and then to find out that that we actually don't have it yet. He looked crestfallen and dejected, and he shouldn't have gotten his hopes up. And they come across uh, Gambit's playing basketball. So you get this great scene of Beast and gambit playing basketball and wolverine joins in and wolverine's going in to dunk the basketball because you know the short guy got ups he used uh gambit's back to help him jump up though <laughs> and uh which by the way if he's made out of adamantium wouldn't he have crushed gambit yeah because he's so heavy mm -hmm. physics what a what a whatever it's it's gambit. It's, it's gambit and it's it's you know the Marvel verse. Wolverine's going in to dunk it, and 
It says the Canadian scores the winning point, and you hear, or does he? And Charles Xavier had taken them and moved them across the court and has the basketball. Since they said there was a the no powers rule wasn't in effect, so Charles used his powers and they basically start playing two on two, and Beast is complaining because Xavier's fouling him, running into him with his chair. And uh, Dr. Stevie Reyes is in the lab with Colossus trying to talk him out of, you know, Colossus is talking about you doing it and how it was his job to protect his sister. Uh, She's like, you're not going to kill yourself. I'm not going to allow it. And he sprays her with some kind of knockout gas and um, takes the needle, injects himself uses his powers all of a sudden there's this huge explosion and gambit's like that's uh peter's power power whatever it is signature times like a million and stevie wakes up basically says that she he's not going to die not on her watch and she starts doing cpr and he dies, and I got goosebumps because I really like this story, if you kept up on it. But they, at the end of the book, they do when Charles Xavier first meets Colossus. It's the excerpt of the Colossus scene from the giant size X-Men. And, it, and it's basically the mo- it's a monologue of what the conversation between Charles Xavier and him was. And how he decided to come and be an X-Men. Which I thought was awesome. I'm like, this is how you do a fucking death book, current Marvel. Right? Alright. The con to this book is I wish Marvel would keep them dead. For, (laughs) For longer than one to two years. You know? I know it's getting sooner now. Like, they had the death of Wolverine and they brought him back like six months later they kept him dead for a little bit did they yeah it felt like it was like two years okay it felt like six months because they did um oh what's her name laura kinney yeah she took over for a while so that that's my only complaint is make it mean something yeah you can bring them back and the thing about the x books that i don't like now is that they have the ability to come back to life. They can be reborn. So there's no... It's basically plot armor. Right. That none of them can ever die. That there's no sacrifice or no, you know, angst. And it's kind of making it boring. Yeah. It's the Superman syndrome. Yeah. So Scott Libdell is awesome in this book. I was praying that the artist wasn't J.R.J.R. Because he kept coming in and out during this time frame. Doing the art on the book. LaRocca's, he did a great job with this book. It was, you know. So, that's what I had. I saw a post a couple days ago that people were complaining about J.R.J.R.'s work. Like, he's gone downhill. It's like, well, people were like, no, he's never been good. (laughs) And people were like, just the last name is what gives him credit. And Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, there's two camps. There's not anybody that just doesn't really care. You either like it or you don't. 
All right, I guess it's time for oh, random reads. Random reads. Okay, I'll go first. Sweet. Piggybacking off of what we were just talking about. See that segue? Uh-huh. J.R.J.R. Amazing Spider-Man number one. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to keep it short. <laughs> because this book is really, really big. It's long. Don't throw it across the room. No, I'm not going to. Because, I, like I said, this is actually the only storyline that I've been actually liking. I, I ignore the artwork. The story's fine. If they could just get a different artist, you know, because Aunt May looks stoned, but she looks younger here than she does in all the other comic books. Because there's one face. My two weaknesses of Marvel, J.R.J.R. and Aunt, Aunt May. May. <laughs> I was thinking about you when I was... The thinking, worst team up gonna, ever. <laughs> I was going to do this book, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. Ryan's going to love that it's J.R.J.R. and it has Aunt May in it. You know. Anyway... It says, outside York, Pennsylvania, he uses a spider tracker for some reason, and then it jumps to six months later. I guess you had to be reading the previous Spider-Man to understand what the hell's going on, because they didn't say anything. So pretty much, May is upset with him again. Um, attack, a collector's coming after him. His friend's like, where you been? Uh, Chameleon's meeting with a bunch of the bad guys. Um, as Peter Peter's texting Mary Jane, and Mary Jane doesn't want anything to do with him. Um, pretty much the book, to sum it up, is it's chameleon based, which it's a good, it's a decent villain to have it be the main villain of the first arc of the the new run. Pretty much. All these other criminals decide they're going to take Chameleon out and start a war. They fail, and now Chameleon's going to war with them. The end. Cool. Um, like I said, it's been keeping me interested because it's, you know, it was always Rhino or, not Rhino, but like Green Goblin or... A Goblin of some sort. Goblin of some sort, and they're doing other people in his rogues gallery Mm -hmm. the art is atrocious i mean there's there's a scene in here where he's talking to he calls mary jane oh johnny storm comes in says that he fucked over the fantastic four or something like that so like i said i was completely lost but he calls mary jane and mary jane's like don't talk to me ever again and the only reason i'm looking for it is because He's the only one who can't... J.R.J.R. is the only one who can't draw a decent Mary Jane. My favorite Mary Jane is Scott Campbell. J. Scott Campbell. But he can't draw Mary Jane to save his life. So, it's a good story. Unfortunately, it has a very shitty artist drawing it. It's pretty bad because his dad could draw his, his dad is awesome. His dad is very good. Awesome. One of the best. But he's just a piece of shit. I'll be quick. All right. All right. Uh, I picked up DC vs. Vampires Killers, number one, four ninety nine. It came out this year. Um, oh, God. What do I say about this book? Um, didn't make it through. Did not care. Um, <laughs> there's vampires running the around. End. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> oh. 
Uh, need to say, I bought, <gasps> for, I bought it for the cover. That's it. That's a sweet cover, though. Yeah, it's McFarlane tribute. And then, right up my alley, uh, Vampiverse presents <gasps> The Vamp uh, from Dynamite. Came out a couple of months ago. Are you stuck Actually, in a rut, too? Uh, just wait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Not bad. It's a one-shot, I think. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go with this. But it's a story of her in World War II as a... Somebody who goes around killing Nazis. The cover's sweet. Not too bad. Okay, I like it's, that cover. It's all right. Um, okay. Number three. Ooh. This is garbage. Is it? Um, Damn. Dungeons That's and not Dragons. the name of the book. Yeah. <laughs> no, this be. is garbage. It should be. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Ravenloft, Orphan of Agony Isle, number one. <sighs> Did not make it through this either. Got bored as shit. Damn um, it. The artwork is anime style, which is not what you want for a D&D. D and D horror book. Um, you want the? Uh, I want something just a little the darker. Ghostbusters, little... TMNT. But look, look at it. I mean, this—that's that's horrible. I don't know. She got big old eyes. She's like look like the mummy. She's got big old anime eyes, and just I really want to play this this universe here, and I I, I don't want I to do, see it. But I never want to read this. Like it. Ugh, hopefully this doesn't go on for very long. I think it's only like a limited series kind of thing like they always do. Why do you care? Are you going to continue to get it? No. But people, <laughs> if you buy it, I don't want to talk to you. Nah. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. So, uh, take my recommendations or not. I don't care. Alright. Uh, so, I did a Vampirella as well. What? Uh, Wetworks Vampirella. <laughs> Holy shit, we are in a rut. <laughs> I thought the crossover sounded kind of cool. So, for those who not know who what works are, they were a vampire team that went around killing vampires, and it was one of the first <gasps> books Image re- or launched, and it was supposed to be like the greatest thing ever, and then they released one issue, and then like eight, six years later, they released issue number two, and Jesus. eight years after that, you know, it... It was such a delay between the books. You just couldn't get any footwork on it. Anyhow. Um, so Vampirella goes in and starts beating the crap out of a whole bunch of vampire goons. And, um, uh, she sees that there's kids, teenagers, and, um, these other vampires jump her and they capture her. In the meantime, what works is doing their training and, a detective shows up who happened to date one of the gals from Wetworks and before she vampired up and said, Hey, these vamp rogue vampires have taken my niece. And I need to go save her. So they team up to go, uh, take out these bad guys. And the cop had been basically, uh, forced to bring in what works because these vampires wanted to take out what works as well. And in the meantime, Vampirella escapes. She saves what works because what works said that were there. The guys were trying to kill the teenagers and what works like, no, I'm not going to let you kill them. So they dropped all their weapons. Vampirella shows up, kicks their ass. What works and her team up. They launch off a plane to drop this disease that will turn everybody into vampires at nighttime and Vampirella is so disappointed because she couldn't stop the plane after she flew after it. But then when she landed on the ground, what works is like, what happened to the disease? And Vampirella is like, I was able to stop the cargo doors from opening up and I 
prevented him from going. Yet there was a panel where she's like, ah, I can't stop this. And the panel was up. <laughs> <laughs> I am not kidding about this. I can't stop it. I stopped it. Let's see. Oh yeah, here she is. She's uh she's enraged by Agni in the effort the price of failure. I mean, they tell you it's a failure. She's banging the shit out of this airplane. And then she gets to the ground, she's like Yeah, I stopped it. I saved a day. Uh let's see. I jammed the bay door shut before any of the virus could be released. In the meantime, the cop had been bitten and they're like, Well, we can't let you live, so Wetworks gal gave him a kiss and stabbed him in the back at the same time. All right. The next book I read was Hamlet. Have you guys read Hamlet? Negative ghostwriter. Shakespeare's Hamlet. Never yes. heard of it. Never. Is it, is it a movie? Rosencrantz and Guildenstern was a spinoff of it. Amazing. Didn't, didn't movie. Denzel Washington just play Hamlet? I, I think he did. I read it a long time ago. So Apparently I. I reread it again. Uh, but the whole premise is, uh, Hamlet is a prince. His father's the king. His brother comes in and hooks up with the queen and kills the father. And Hamlet sees it all go down. And so he starts going after the brother, the, his uncle and blah, 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 blah. That is exactly the premise of Meridian by CrossGen Comics. Girl has power or girls hanging out really close to her dad. Goes back for the ball. Uncle shows up. Uncle wants to combine the two cities. Dad says, no, Meridian's its own thing. Don't, we're not combining anything. Uncle paid off the, um, guy that brings drinks to the king to poison him and then poisons the king and then tells him to go and kill the daughter and he goes in to rescue her and kills the guy that was supposed to kill the daughter. And now she's in debt to the uncle and they sneak her out of the city yeah, I mean, for pizza. It's just Hamlet. Um, Alas, poor Horatio. I knew him well. I'm to die. To sleep. I don't know what you guys are on, but this is amazing. <laughs> I really think Adam Sandler should do a Hamlet. I do too. I think it'd be awesome. All 1989 Adam Sandler. Yeah. No, I'm just... <laughs> it, I just like hanging out with you guys. I got in a better mood once I got around you guys. My final book. Uh-oh. By Marvel Comics. Oh, my God. That's the speculator's dream. This is going to be a hard one to find because it is issue 10. Low print run. They only went up to issue 12. NFL Super Pro. Oh, God. You opened it? You opened it. Why? So I've never read a Super Pro book in my life. I didn't every kid have like number one. (laughs) I I actually have a number number of them. This is the first one I read. (laughs) But uh, so the main guy, can't remember what his name is, is um, being sent to Jockstrap. Yuck strap. <laughs> He's being sent to a super or unleash the superhero in you camp, which um, he's like, yeah, I don't want to do this. So he goes there and um, there's some sports stars there. And then there's a bunch of nerds there. What they qualify as nerds. And um, the whole thing is they're trying to get these people to come in. And this mad scientist 
who, and I am not joking about this because it actually says it right here, is petting a stuffed cat, like a stuffed animal cat. Um, quit <laughs> playing Bickles with your work? stuffed kitty, Kerrigan. Hmm. Uh, actual words in this book. Um, <laughs> is trying to induce superpowers into normal everyday people. And you find out that the athletes that are at this camp are the ones that are kind of funding it because they want to get the superpowers so they can hit home runs and win PGA championships and blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Anyhow. So what they did is they do an initiation night. They go out into the woods dressed in togas for some unknown reason. And then they take each one of them individually into this mansion. And they walk in. Hmm? They give them a bagel. (laughs) Put them in the middle. They take him into the take him each individually into the mansion. They sit down in this chair, and the mad scientist flashes this light at him. Not flashes them, but flashes a light at them. <laughs> that would them. have been horrible. Oh, <laughs> it might have improved the book. Um, nah. <laughs> and tries to develop superpowers, and it doesn't take. Finally, the um, alter ego of Super Pro <gasps> gets pulled in, and they flash the light at him. And he runs the test and he's like, I figured it out. He's got superpowers. Well, it's the previous superpowers that he had, not knowing he was super pro. So, um, he escapes. Super pro wakes up and he escapes and he's trying to figure out what's going on. He's like, why are these people trying to kill me? And the goal or the, the sports pros are sitting there going, yeah, we got to find this guy. And I am not kidding. One of them is attacking him with a golf club and doing golf puns, which is absolutely horrible. Uh, let's see. So he's going Casey Jones? Right, uh, I gotta give you a award for reading this shit. <laughs> so he swings the cl- club at Super Pro and says, Mister, you tee me off. And Super Pro's like, yeah, I hate golf. And in the meantime, the four geeks that were there, oh. <laughs> the four geeks that were there, all of a sudden, one of them starts rambling off equations, and they're like, what's going on? And he's like, I don't know, but if you do this, it'll work. And they end up breaking the chains and they start figuring out they have superpowers. They uh, develop superpowers, right? So huh. one of them can solve geometry questions in his head, apparently. Geometry man! <laughs> one, <laughs> oh, just wait. It gets so much better. One of them like is able to uh, flip around and jump around and kick people. One of them is very obese and starts using his belly as a way to, like the blob in the X-Men. And finally, one of them, who is, uh, last name is Penny Packer, can shoot coins out of his fist. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to wow. say shoot the coins out of his ass. That would, made it, would have made it a little funnier. They save the day. And this is how it ends. Um, the four geeks decide they need to form a super team. And they're going to name them the Happy Campers. That's the super team name. Happy campers. Where are the happy campers? Uh, the overly obese guy is going to be called the girth. Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> low hanging fruit. <laughs> the doesn't matter. Uh, show. It's not the size guy that, that runs track is going to be called the streak. Um, the one that can do math in his head is called the calculator. And Penny Packer went with the name of the Almighty Dollar. And they want to team up with Super Pro going into the future. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus, you read that? You actually made it through it. Was it like a contest? 
Did you say, hey, Landon, watch me read this shitty-ass comic book? No, no. I chose to do it for our listeners. He is now going to buy all of them. Because <laughs> he, he's a like a completionist. He's going to have to he's find... He's going to have to find all of them. All 11 remaining issues of Super Pro. I've got like four of them already. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, God. He's got to get it all done. He's got to have them all. If I happen to stumble across, I may not say no if the price is right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Why do you do that to yourself? I don't know how we're going to follow that. I don't know. Oh, my God. See, uh, this is the problem. We're always trying to like outdo Ryan with weird shit. And we can't. You can't, we you can't, can't outdo Ryan on weird shit. He'll just bring it. He'll bring his A-game. Jesus. Oh, I have a power packager. That's great. I have new kids on the block. How the fuck do we follow Super Pro and the happy campers? I have karate creatures. Well, that's great. I have Mr. Fucking T. <laughs> Mr. Kate. <laughs> There's no way. No, you can't. No. You'll just be like, oh, yeah, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you think you got the craziest book this week? No. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's why I don't I don't ever try because I know I just can't I can't beat him. Well, I found this weird issue of Snidey Whiplash where he fucking kills Dick Dastardly. I don't know where I found this, but I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh. It's a rare issue. Uh, yeah. Uh, where Donald Huff is glue. It gets hard to do this show. <laughs> That's why I'm stuck in a fucking X-Men Spider-Man rut. I can't find all this gold like Ryan. No. We don't have an infinite resource, though. No, we don't. you got to remember, somebody's got to read these books, and I'm taking the sacrifice for you guys. <laughs> so, I watched uh, all five episodes that are out of Ms. Marvel this weekend with Piper. First three episodes, I was like, oh my god, I can't, I don't think I can make it through this thing. Oh my god. But four, four and five, I'm I'm hooked now. I got to see that final episode. I go, man, come on, you know. But um, also, Thor came out this week, and I heard a review on TV the other day, and he said it was too campy. The name gives that away. And Love I'm and like, Thunder. I'm like, did you watch Dark World? We wouldn't have any more Thor movies if they stuck with what they were doing in Dark World. They needed to change and make him something, and they made him into a comedy character. Because Thor, no offense to any Thor fans out there, is boring as shit. Accurate. But, yeah, campy. Even Chris Hemsworth says that they asked him if he wanted, if he'll keep playing him. He's like, until they tell me I can't. So he's enjoying it. He's loving it. He's like, I wouldn't have stuck around if we didn't change the character. Because he didn't even like Dark right. World. So you get he loves to that he's adding all these layers to the character. To the character. So, but I can't wait to see it. So, anybody got anything else? I'll think about it in like ten minutes after we're done. After we're done, yeah. I finally saw Doctor Strange. What'd you think? Mm. 
Yeah, the more and more I think about it, I, I, I didn't like it. There was it. nothing that got me really excited uh, at all. The only thing that I did like <laughs> is what my daughter liked was that she likes Scarlet Witch better as a bad guy than a good guy. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen can play evil. Yeah. She says she's not evil. She's a mom. There was one somebody. There was a meme that was like, easily way we can fix this. And it was Wong talking to Wanda. And he was like, how about we go to a universe that you're dead. And your kids are alive. And we just replace you there. End of story. <laughs> completely done. The, That's how they would have fixed it. The best thing I saw, it made Piper like jaw drop. And it's Deadpool getting dropped in. It was a YouTube video. And Deadpool gets dropped into the multiverse of madness at the part where they meet the Illuminati. And it's got all the people. And he's sneaking up behind her. Yeah. And she's just like, you're going to die. And he takes out his sword. Chops off, chops off her head. And Piper went, <gasps> I'm like, that would have fixed the movie. That would have ended the movie right there. Movie's over. Deadpool chopped her head off. I don't think it was a horrible movie. I just thought it was a... Mm. Okay. It just... You know, my favorite one that's come out so far has been Shang-Chi of the movies. But there's only been three that's come out in the past year. Which is Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and... Oh, wait. I'm not counting Eternals. For a reason. Um, but Shang-Chi's been my favorite out of all of them. All the movies that have come out. I did watch Doctor Strange for the sixth time, trying to not fall asleep in it. I watched it the second time. I got all the way up to where he becomes a zombie and then fell asleep. Watched it again, and I fast-forwarded to where he becomes a zombie. I fell asleep five seconds after that. I uh, watched it again, fast-forwarded it up, fell asleep in five minutes. It's that it's the zombie part that just knocks me out because it's yeah. not exciting. No, it's not. <laughs> I did get to watch the finale of Obi-Wan again because Piper hadn't seen it. And then she goes, I want to watch the one, two and episodes one, two, and three. And I'm like, all right. She hadn't seen three because when we watched them the first time, she was really young and she wouldn't have been able to handle Anakin bursting into flames at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So I was like, okay, well, you haven't seen Revenge of the Sith, so we'll watch it this time. I think you can handle it now. And she's like, well, we can watch, you know, that one, and then I can watch the other two. I'm like, no, 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 I will take one for the team and watch one and two. I have to say, I like one better than two. Two is my absolute, I fucking hate that movie. And three is the best one out of all three of them. And then we decided we're going to watch all of them. We're going to watch Solo, Rogue One, the original trilogy, and the, the uh, end of the saga. The original original trilogy or the original special edition trilogy? Well, unfortunately, they're never going to release the theatrical cut of that movie. If I had the money, I would take the set that I have at home on VHS and burn them to DVD so she could watch the original theatrical releases. But I can't afford to do that. So we have to uh, watch VCR the special is like edition. Six bucks at Nebraska Furniture Mart. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want that in my house. Just use it once. I have a VCR it's, specifically just for that. <laughs> it's it's like my tape deck. I'm not going to listen to cassette tapes. But 
that's what I did this the past two weeks. So finish Stranger Things. Wow. I have to start that. So I can see what all the hype is about. And the pizza is delicious. <laughs> it's great. I got another one because Teresa's got some stuff coming up this week that I don't want to talk about on the air, but I got another pizza because I had to feed myself on Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> nice. So I got them the three meat pizza. That's got so much on it. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, and I originally just wanted it for the damn box. I don't know, I'm just watching old shit. I'm just watching uh, the Venture Brothers again. It's so amazing. Um, I don't know. I'm really <coughs> a lot of Hellboy. To get... I'm gonna start reading that. A lot since of we're, Hellboy. We're taking a three week hiatus here. Yeah. Because Ryan's on vacation. I think I'll read that omnibus and then give a review on like one or two of them. Yeah, I'm kind of ex- see. We're doing the Hellboy RPG next for roll die for adventure and looking forward to it but i'm not because it is pretty much just D's version of beyond supernatural it's like i don't really want to go in that world again okay really excited for gi joe well we really excited. we haven't have you read anything for gi joe i don't need to no it, it'll be fun it's, no, I'm just it's saying. Very weird if you want, if you want to play GI Joe, we'll play GI Joe. No, we're gonna we're gonna play Hellboy first. Okay. We all know the concept. We just he'll be fine. It's a D twenty. Yeah. I figured it'll be easy. And we're not going to watch the uh, the original movie. We're going to watch the David Harbor one. Okay, so I won't watch that. Yeah. I was going to watch that soon. The other one. You this don't one, like the Ron Perlman one. Ron Perlman one's not based on the book, and uh, the David Harbor one is more accurate to. The character portrayal and uh, the characters that are in it. I, like I said, I I've never seen that one, so that's fine. We can watch that one. So. We know who won't be at the show, at the watching of it. Uh, her name and uh, yeah, Shannon won't be there. Shannon won't be there. She'll yeah. be like, yeah, well, I'm coming, and then be like, I'm not coming. Yep. Just like aliens. Don't get me started on aliens. Oh my god. All right. Um, we'll talk to you guys next week or in three weeks. Three weeks. Ryan's not going to be here. Yep. Fucking, I'm going on vacation. I'm going on vacation. I can't say anything because I'm going to be trying to find some more comic gold. He's. Gold. I've, I've decided. <laughs> I've decided that my next books are going to be like Ryan inspired. I'm going to try to find something that Ryan inspires. You can't. I know. I've tried. I found one that's coming out this week. Um. Hopefully, it'll work. But hopefully, my, I don't gouge my eyes out from reading it. You you think you got the greatest one? He's gonna one up you right then, right? Bam! Like, oh, you got a, you got three of a kind. Here's a fucking royal flush. Bam! <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right, talk to you guys through. Later. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>